And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. What we think. <laughs> David K. Montoya, S.A. Burbank Podcast. We're S.A. Burbank, David K. Montoya Podcast. <laughs> the game plan, yeah. The, uh, the show. Let's make it up. Let's actually make some. And see, I came up with more. Not what we know, because we don't know shit. It's Monday night, so let's find out what the fuck we think. I'm David K. Montoya. And I am Miss Sadie Burbank. All right, Sadie, let's find out. Let's do a little history lesson here. Oh, dear God. Okay. October 28th, 2012 was significant. Why? I lived through it. (laughs) (laughs) And lived to tell it. I have no fucking idea why. Well, to... Enlighten you as well as our listeners. Yes. October 28th, 2012 is when we made the decision that that would be the day we would record our very first show. Oh, really? So, though. So that's a year then. Yes. So, though, oh. it would be a month later, uh, in November 26th, mm-hmm. 26th or 25th, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. Yeah. That's when our shows launched and Jaisal Modcast was born. Cool. But. Yeah. We have been recording for one year. Son of a bitch. Happy darn. Wow. That doesn't seem possible, huh? It doesn't seem that long. It doesn't. It really does. But then, like we've always said, for us, podcasting is kind of like us just talking. Well, I mean, that's what it is, but I mean, before we started podcasting, we just sit and talk, and we've been talking to each other for 10 years or more, so. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's just been, I, I've been kind of reflecting back on it, and that's why I was just smirking when. Uh, that's funny, yeah, because you just went and looked at the calendar before we went on air, and you said it was relevant, and I'm like, okay, I'll find out, you know. So Totally, it, a year. That's amazing. I think interesting enough that our we've always had good conversations, but the way we present the conversations, and um, Bob, your son, mm. had even said this. You know, we play off each other so well. We do that. Um, we do that. And I wonder, did we do that before when we were just visiting with each other? I think we did because I, I used so. to joke around a lot. Yes, I think yeah, so. I think so. But yeah. but in retrospect, it's it's been a, an interesting year. It has. We've gotten to know each other even better. Yes. Which you wouldn't think because we thought we knew each other pretty well as it was. Yeah, but, but that, no, that's, yeah. <laughs> there was well, a lot more. Well, and I'm here three days out of the week. And so you get to know not just you, but your family a lot right. better. And I was going to say, and not only being friends with me, now you're friends with Lacey. You exactly. guys do a podcast together. Exactly. You go to the gym together. We're like BFFs. <clears throat> You know, you, you conspire together, which kind of frightens me once we in a do. while, but it's <laughs> we okay. Do. We do. Well, I have to teach her something. <laughs> Poor kid. She needs to know what I know. Not about you, just about <laughs> things in general. Phew. Yeah, phew. <laughs> yeah. No, I have to, I have to say she's, she's fun company and, and we, she and I have a lot in common. Yes. A lot. It, you wouldn't think with the age spread. You know, because I'm what forty years older than she is, but um, almost you wouldn't you wouldn't think we'd have that much in common, but we do. You're twice her age. Yeah, rub it in. <laughs> well, I know, yeah, actually, yeah. and then some. Well, because she's thirty six. She'll right? be thirty seven next week. Right. Yeah, I know. 
Thank so, God I already got her birthday present. Yes. I have to get her a card that says, don't forget, I already gave you your birthday present. I got her something. I'm just waiting. Ooh. Waiting for it. It's, cool. It's, we've talked about it. I don't think she thinks I actually got it, but I did. So. Oh, cool. Very cool. Uh, well, that and plus I got her the, the Mickey Mouse locket and, and that, I don't know. Uh, it's, if it that was is bigger. so cute and she really likes that yes. too. But if it was bigger, maybe I would have been satisfied with that as a gift. Mm. You know, the main. Right. Because I mean, it was you know, it's tiny. It's and it's, it's not huge, no. So, but it's big enough. So what I'm going to get her, and I'm I'm not saying it out loud because no, don't she say can, it, she she'll, can hear me. <laughs> blab her mouth in there. She'll she'll pick it up. She's got hearing like Jaden almost. Jay's, yes. Jay's got Superman hear ears. He can hear. She's he can hear a fart in the windstorm. He could. He's he's good that way. But, uh, yeah, so it's been one year today. Amazing. Well, happy one year to us. Yes. I'd uh, light a candle, but. Eh. Well, <laughs> I haven't brought this up on our show, but I'm going to go ahead and bring it up now. Um, just because, let's see, I'm trying to think. This is going to come out on Saturday. So it'll come out mm-hmm. on Saturday the 2nd, mm-hmm. November 2nd. Mm-hmm. Um, November is like I just mentioned it. It's our, um, formal anniversary birthday kind of thing for right. DJ's Modcast. Right, right. And to celebrate that, Scene Red, which was the very first show to go live, right. um, is going to land on the anniversary date. Well, we're going to do a pre-recording of before the actual anniversary and it's going to be just about everybody. Um, of course, like the, the guys in, in, uh, Ontario, Canada. They're they not, can't, they can't yeah, come they're... for the party. No. But, uh, everybody. Well, maybe they could. I don't know. Maybe they're independently wealthy. Well, <laughs> they're, they're kind of busy working on a TV show right now. Oh, well then, wealthy or not, they can't come, I guess. Um, but it's going to be you and I, Rebecca and Aaron, uh, Ernie will be here. Ernie, let's see, Lacey. Reaper Rick and Terry, which I'm really interested to see how that works out because we've never had Reaper Rick and Terry in the same setting at the same time. So this will be That's good. That's sort of like in the same two things. That's like the basic law of physics. Yeah. No two things in the same space at one time. Yes. Mm-hmm. But so we're going to have an anniversary show on um, that Monday Let's see, Monday, November 25th, but we'll record it, you know, probably the weekend, uh, what did I say, the 24th, I believe, wasn't it? No, 17, wasn't 17, it? 17th, okay. 17, I think. I have it down on my phone. I was just trying to pull it out of memory. Yeah, back in the day when you could put it on your <laughs> phone. Yeah. See, I still have the dumb phone, and I'm real happy with my dumb phone. I don't need a smartphone, but I can't, I can set an alarm. Right. But if I was to set an alarm for that, by the time it got here and the alarm went off, I wouldn't remember what the fuck it was for. Going, <laughs> <laughs> the alarm went off. Am I supposed to be up or what? So, no, I, I. See, with the smartphone. I write it. Not down. only does it ring, but it underneath it tells you tells what you it's why for. It's yes. ringing. Yes. Well, my, my phone says why it's ringing. It says Joe Blow is calling. Right. Or, you know, like. Whatever, but that's all it says. If I set the alarm, it just says alarm. It doesn't say why. Yeah, like every morning it goes off, um, and it says, uh, 
Jaden school day. So, oh, you know. So you, so you don't just ignore it. Right. You'll get well, up. See, that's good that you even bed. look at it to see what it says, you know, cause you could just ignore it. <clears throat> well, because sometimes I set the alarm for when I'm at work. Right. You know, and right. I'll, you know, I've done that before. It's gone off. At here at home, I get up. I'm like, what was it? You know, yeah. Why is the alarm going off? Yeah. And then I see it says lunch over or something like that. Well, like I told you earlier before we went on air, I haven't set an alarm since I retired, and it's really nice. How long have you been retired now? Um, I retired in eight or nine, two thousand eight or nine, um, and I think it was nine actually. So it's been it's been almost four years, anyhow three or four years and it's just really nice not to have that time to get up thing going yes. on you know i really hate that i can't even begin to tell you and because it's it's also because ernie works the night shift right and so he we don't have to get up in the morning when he was working days yes i did set the alarm i didn't most of the time, I didn't need it. Right. I would wake up before the alarm what went off because I just do that. Right. Whenever I have to be up at a certain time, my mind, I don't know, it's like I have an alarm clock in my head, I guess. Um, so I hadn't had to listen to an alarm. But then when he went back to the knock shift, the night shift, rather, right. um, then I don't have to get up at a certain time. And so... It's nice. I mean, some days I wake up at six and go back to sleep till eight. Sometimes I wake up at eight and go back to sleep till nine. Sometimes I get up and whenever I wake up, I have my coffee in bed. Right. Get caught up on Judge Judy. Jump, you know, <laughs> and last this morning I got caught up on, um, um, uh, shit. What's that? Long Island medium. Oh, okay. Teresa, Teresa. Caputo. I love her. I love that show. Um, so I watched a couple of those. Ernie watches them with me, but sometimes not. So right. if I have them, I get caught up on those and have my coffee and then I get out of bed. Well, today is also significant for you more so than me. Oh. And I don't even think you know. No, I don't. Um, today the anthology, the, and I, I checked this to make sure I don't screw this up. A Dark World of Spirits and the Fae. Yes, that's right. I did get an email from Russo. Oh, you did? Okay. Yes. And yeah, we were talking about... It's out today. Yeah, we were talking... Well, text message. We talked for a couple hours. Oh, yeah? And he actually sent me an ebook the other day, and I downloaded it. I haven't looked at it yet, but I've downloaded it, so it's somewhere in my computer. Okay. Well, I was going to say, that's actually part of the contract. Yeah. Yeah. It says that, right. you know, send you an ebook. Right. And he did. True to his word, he did. And I'm in there, guys, if you buy the book. where I don't even know where or how to tell um, them to buy the book. We just put it up at Myth, Myth Mart. Okay. Um, so you can go to www.mythworks.com slash mythmart and click on the book and... Or what is it? Click on books, and then you'll see it'll it'll be like the first one there because it's a brand new publish. Mm-hmm. Um, as of right now, it's not available for members because you know you become a member, you get a discount mm-hmm. just because it's brand spanking new. Mm-hmm. And I I've got to figure out how much you know I can play with the 
the cost. Yeah. You know? So anyway, yeah. you can go to MythWorks and you can order it. It's nine ninety five. Um, you can go to and there's Amazon. How many, how many uh, entrants or entries are in it? There's thirteen short stories. Thirteen. It's two hundred and ten pages. That's appropriate. 13. And I know. Yes. And I know it's two hundred and ten pages because I just you made got, the, the the HTML paging today. Yeah. You know, for MythWorks. You got to edit it. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Um. So that's thank you. It's available at. Myth, uh, MythMart and Amazon. Just go to Amazon.com. You can either put in S. Sadie Burbank, you know, as your search, mm-hmm. and it'll pull up uh, Red Hills Green Vines Stride Monkey Meat for Dinner. And now the anthology of it's a oh, it will a, be on yes. there too. Oh, yes. that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, and then the ebook huh. is forthcoming. I'm multi um, published. Yes, that's cool. Well, the the short story, I didn't actually write it for this. I have to be fair and say that I, you know, I actually wrote it. Well, I wrote it because it was in my head. That's right. why. But, I mean, um, it was published on The World of Myth. Yes, The World of Myth a magazine. A year or two ago, wasn't it? Um, when was it? Do you remember? 2012. 2012. Okay, there you go. And, I think it was uh, 2012. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm trying to research my thoughts. It was before my dad died, so it was 2011. Oh, okay. So there you go. It was a couple of years ago. And it's just a fun story, it I is. think. It is I a think fun story. I think it's, it's, it's uh, appropriate for this time of year because uh, it's uh, about a haunting. Right. So there you go. <clears throat> and he's already texted me talking about his next book. And I'm like, mm. oh. Too soon. Too soon to talk about that. Yeah, you haven't recovered from. Well, I haven't even finished the Kindle version yet. Oh, there's still more you're doing? Yeah, it was oh. a conscious decision to go ahead and launch the print uh, print version first. Yeah. Um, Because he wanted it out before the week of Halloween. Right. But yeah, there's actually a Kindle version uh. that's scheduled to come out and... I just, mm. I've got too many things. I know. You just managed to get yourself a day for yourself. And yes. I'm so proud of you that you did that. Anybody that's listened to our past shows, especially the ones that didn't get notice from Stitcher that they were out and available, uh, one of them being Intervention, anybody that listened to that show can understand why I say I'm so proud of you for creating a day for yourself. You have picked Tuesdays yes, where you don't have to be present, as it were, to anybody. No. And I really uh, appreciate that you did that. And this will be my third week doing that. Right. Anyway. And we're even going to switch Lacey's and my uh, podcasting day from Tuesdays to like Wednesday or Thursday or something like you that. You know, you don't have to. I know we don't have to, but like I told you, when I'm here and she and I are podcasting, that's an interruption to the natural flow of your schmooze day for Tuesday. I made that up. You like that? I like that? that, yes. You know, and if, if, if the whole idea is, like I said, not having to be present to anyone. And that means anybody outside the, the, the family. And I know I'm family. Right. And all of that. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's different than when I'm not here. Okay. 
And so I want you to, I don't, I don't want to mess up what you've done. You've managed to, to eliminate all these other things from your Tuesday so that you can have this. And I want to help do that. So she, and she doesn't care. So we're going to switch it around so that we're going to do the gym and podcast Monday. Uh huh. And then gym and podcast either Wednesday and then just gym Thursday or some such arrangement as that. Okay. It'll be up to more her than me because she has more limits on her schedule than I have on mine. You know, next right. week I've got a thing on Wednesday that I can't get around. So, yeah, whatever. But very soon we're going to have it so that you actually have a whole day without something you have to do. And once I extricate myself from that picture, then I want you to promise yourself not to put something in that spot. <laughs> no, the only thing I'm putting in that is like, you know, uh, I, I mean, read, I listen to. Like, well, yeah, that, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do whatever you want to do with your day. I mean, don't start up another project on that day. Is no. what I'm saying. No, no, you know, that's what I'm saying. I, I'll read. Right. I'll, I'll catch up on. You know. Podcasts that I listen to. Right. I, I watch a lot of TV, movies, you, you know, Netflix, that kind of stuff. And that's there pretty much go. all I do on yeah. Tuesdays. There you go. And that's what you should do. You should, it should be a veg day for you. It pretty much is. That's, it, that's what it's become. And you know, everybody needs a veg day. Uh, you know, hopefully more than one day a week. But <laughs> if you're schedule, um, bound like you have been, then you're doing good to get one day a week. And I'm yes. really proud that you did do that. That's great. And mentally, it's actually done a lot for me. Just, uh, and kind that, then that's a, that's not a surprise. Just to kind me. of, just kind of a, there's less, less stress, less stress, less anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's my thing is I know that this is supposed to be a hobby, but I, I, I don't have that ability to see something as a hobby. Everything I do, I take very yeah, serious. You're a perfectionist. And I, I just can't, you know. And I and I find that interesting. You're not a Virgo, but you act an awful lot like one. I mean, you do. Do I? Yeah, because I'm a Virgo, okay, and we are perfection-driven. Oh, You know, we have this neatness thing, and, and you have that neatness thing, and... And you're like, uh, what's the other thing that you are? I can't remember right now. My actual sign? No, no. Oh. Um, you mean like OCD? Yeah, that. Yeah, OCD. The Virgos are very close to OCD. A lot of us are. Um, you know, I mean, not that we count how many times we do this or that. But, you know, it's funny. I can remember my brother when we were kids. He asked me one time. He said, do you have a thing where where you feel like if you touch this leg here, a certain way you have to touch the other one the same way. That's kind of an OCD thing, huh? Right. And I go, yeah, I think I do have that, <laughs> you know. And he's um, actually he was an April baby, uh, so, so he was. Well, let's see, was he? He's or, not a Virgo. No, when was April? April, early April, six or seven. I never could remember. Okay, so because he, it he was, was Easter a- one time, and for years until I was older, I thought he was born on Easter, and then ah. I found out Easter was different every year. Right. So, so he was an Aries. Yeah, probably. And then Ernie's April 15. He's, He's a Aries. Taurus. Oh, is he a Taurus? I think so. Yeah, okay. That's the bull, right? Yes, that's yeah, what I yeah. am. Yeah, that's what you are? I'm a Taurus, yes. Oh, God, that's really freaky. I, mean, <laughs> uh, I didn't really realize. I didn't put that together, but yeah. Yeah, well, April 15. I'm pretty sure that's Taurus. 
pretty sure. It's it's or maybe not. Maybe he's Aries. Well, I don't I, know. It's on the, maybe he's Taurus on the cusp or something. I was shit. about to say that's yeah. what he is. Is he's know. uh a, he's on the cusp because I think it's. But he is so laid back. He is just not even close to OCD. I mean, I'm just uptight. <laughs> I think it's well, just my personality. Yeah, yeah, but. But you lessen that tightness with your OCD. Right. That's why you do that. You do know that, don't you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's why, uh, and I am no psychiatrist by any stretch, but I've lived a long time and I know a lot. And I know that that's one thing that, that those of us who are OCD inclined, that's what we use it for is to lessen that, that constriction. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, I'm thinking about it. And when we were talking about the podcast, mm-hmm. um, you were concerned about people not going back and listening to our previous shows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not remember, being able to or not right. being aware that they were there. Well, remember I told you every Sunday morning I get a thing about your weekly dashboard updates. Right. We had a 1,160 something percent increase Ooh. in listenership. Cool. Just because. People they got went the alert. Back, they yeah, got people the alert. went back and and listened to the. Oh, they went back and listened to yes, other shows. Oh, yes. well, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm very glad to hear that because so, there were some good shows back there, and they I I would hate to think that they missed them. If we ever come to a point where we do like a best of, right? Uh, it would be kind of interesting. It would be fun. In fact, what we should do now. See, here's the OCD kicking in. We should make notes now of what shows we think should ever be in a best of show. Already do. And there you go. See? Oh, <laughs> Jesus, we're too much alike, David. That's freaky scary. But that, see, that way we, we won't have to sit and listen to all of them and go, yeah, right. that'd be good. Or we won't have to try to remember because you know I don't remember shit. I mean, let's face it. I don't. I try, but I don't. Anyway. <clears throat> but yeah, so everybody's. So we're back on in good graces with yeah. Stitcher again. Yes. We don't, no hand spanking going on. And we only have how many more episodes before we can talk as long as we want without three. being three. Three Yay. more episodes. Okay. Okay. So by Christmas, we can really cut loose. Yes. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. Now available in paperback and hardback. 
For more information, log into www.redhills.us. Looking for a new book, comic, or apparel from your favorite MythWorks or independent creators? Then you're in the right place. Introducing the all-new redesigned MythMart store. Now bigger, badder, better. Sign up and become a member and receive 10 to 50% off on selected items. Get the all-new Terry D. Shearer's Bloody Hell t-shirt, or non-members can pick up one of our e-books for only $4.95. Or go into the past to relive the 90s with MythWorks Comics Classics for $3.99. The new MythMart. Bigger, badder, better. Visit MythMart at www.mythworks.com slash MythMart. Or find us on Facebook for extra savings. a business or have an item you want to sling? Do you want a chance to reach potential customers? Do you want to make some extra cash? Then here's your chance. For $50, you can have a one to two minute commercial featured on each of our shows for an entire month. With six shows a week, that's only $2.09 per podcast. Plus, for an extra 10 bucks, your item will be placed into MythMart. So sit back and relax as they handle all stages of transactions. Contact our ad department at info at jaysamon.com. Um, let's see what else is. Oh, there's something else I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, I usually don't do this for other people, especially for people I really don't know, but I follow this person on Twitter and he's an actual producer. Mm-hmm. And he just came out with the new documentary called The Best Kept Secret. And what it is, is it takes place, um, in, I believe it's Detroit, I think. Don't quote me on the city. Mm-hmm. But it's all about autistic people. And how this one teacher has these autistic, you know, it, it ranges in spectrum and she's trying to teach them and, and get them ready because they're getting ready to graduate high school. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, you know, once you hit that legal age, I think it's 21, that's mm-hmm. it. You can't, you know, there's nothing left. There's no programs right. or anything for you. Right. Yeah. And that pretty much that's what it covers. And it covers this lady who's trying to, keep things going and, and trying to start something different for them and wow. keep them out of jail or keep them from going homeless or institutionalized. Very, I mean, the, the trailer, I should have had it ready for you. Mm. The trailer will make you cry. Wow. And it, and, wow. um, it's up for a, an award, oh. like an independent award. Yeah. And, um, so you can go to Twitter and search best kept secret. And obviously, they'll tell you where to go and where to vote. And um, so I, I'm putting it out for Scott Mosier and his mm-hmm. film. Go vote on the film. Yeah, that because it's good. it's that sounds good. Very moving. Um, you know, it's a there's a crying need. Are, do you know? Because if anybody would, probably you would be the one that would know what the 
rough numbers are in terms of the uh, population with autism at this point in America? Over a million. And how many of those are in that age category, do you know? Because uh, I know that there's there's huge numbers being diagnosed every right. day. Out of okay, and and uh, I think it's actually over a million, but one million I'm going to use because it's an easier number to work with. I'm going to say maybe three hundred thousand of those people. So about a third of of the population yeah. is approaching adulthood, as yeah. it were. Well, they're they're at you know twenty one and over. Um, <sighs> The, the main spike, actually, the main, yeah, I guess spike would be a good word for people being born with autism started in the late nineties. That's mm-hmm. when it really mm-hmm. started the boom. And then of course, you know, early 2000, that was the big boom. Mm-hmm. And then it's just gone up and up. And well, up I was since. going to say too, of that third of the population who are now approaching their adult years, right? Uh, probably a good 80% of those, if not more, uh, spent their early years without any help whatsoever because it's only been in the last 10 or 15 years where diagnosis has been readily available. Right. Um, where awareness has, has been heightened. Uh, so that the average bear, when he sees his kid having an issue, can, you know, go, hmm, right. maybe he's not just being a brat. Maybe there's something going on there, uh, you know, and, and get help, look for help, at least ask the questions. Well, when Jaden was born and I remember looking online, you know, this was pre Google, I think. I think I had AOL. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah. And I, I was searching online. And I remember it was like one out of a thousand pe- kids born was um, diagnosed with autism. At that point. At that time. point. Now yeah. I think it's down to like one in one in sixty. I think. Yeah, yeah. And again, that's not necessarily because of um, an increase in the incidence of autism. As much as it is a, a heart heightened awareness on the parts of the parents uh, or other family members or caregivers of the children involved, uh, and the the school teachers um, and the doctors who have treated a lot of these kids in the past without taking into consideration the possibility that autism may be part of their makeup. So it's possible that that all of those things have improved to the point where uh, autism is now uh, far more readily diagnosed in individuals that... Uh, in the last 20 years, there have, or last 15 years, there have been such, there's been such an increase in awareness, not only on the part of the parents and the caregivers, uh, of the children, but their teachers and their doctors as well, especially the doctors, uh, because in a lot of cases, outside of, uh, the parents and grandparents and other family members of a child with autism, a very young child with autism anyway. Right. The doctor's the only other person who comes into contact with that child and has a prayer of noticing, uh, 
I don't want to say symptoms, but actions that could be indicative of uh, autism. And so if the doctors aren't aware, then that's just that many more years before uh, diagnosis can take place and uh, and help for the child can uh, be gotten. So it's it's uh, it's I think important that doctors have kept um, learning more about autism and have improved their uh, skills in diagnosis uh, or at least in recognizing the possibility of autism and making recommendations to the families of uh, seeking other professional help. Um, and I don't really know whether it's from a psychiatrist or, uh, or a physician, a medical physician. Who, who does do the most work, uh, in terms of diagnosing, um, children? Psychiatrists. Not, psychiatrists. not medical, not MDs. Okay. Not MDs. But psychiatrists. Right. So, but the MD has to at least be cognizant <laughs> of what he's seeing in a child. And, in theory, yes. Yeah, and then and then make the recommendation to the family. Maybe you want to have so and so see your child because he may have issues. Right. Um, and that's changed. That has to have changed in the last fifteen years. I hope so. I, I well, it has Be, well, to. because for me, well, for Lacey and I both, I think we were in a state of denial. You know, because Lacey has said this to me. She says she was. Yes. Um, I, I've always known. But, you know, it just, it's, it's, at the time it was my only child, it was my boy, and, and, um, you know, I just didn't want to, to accept the fact. And when he went into kindergarten, they just kind of pressed the issue, and that was the first time, you know, that, that the teacher said, you know, he's probably has autism or autistic, and, and then we just went that route, and, mm-hmm. and, um, We've seen a psychologist and he's, you know, he did his test and he's like, yeah, you know, he, he's. What kind of, I'm curious. I know we didn't necessarily want to get into an autism show today, but what kind of test did he do? I don't know. I haven't um, got a clue. What kind of tests they do? Verbal, verbal, um, test repeating. He would watch his eyes, you know, when he, when the psychologist was talking or when Jaden was talking, mm-hmm. um, there was a kind of like an IQ test. Mm hmm. And even at then, even at five years old, he had a 105 IQ. Hmm. And he just... Um, so why use the IQ test if that's not indicative? Because most functioning autistic kids, or people in general, have an extremely high IQ. Ah, okay. Now, mind so you, maybe it is part of the diagnosis then. That was... Uh, he was six yeah. You know when that was done. So six years later, if he, if he was six or at six years old, six years ago, he was 105. What is his IQ today? You Gotta know, be more. Obviously. So yeah. that's, that was kind of the, yeah. you know, something that he also watched him play, you know, gave him toys and watched him play. And, and, um, there's a couple others, but I can't quite. Okay. Well, I was just curious what kind of tests they did. Well, like I said, uh, the fact that people are more aware of it now. Yes. Families are, parents are, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, caregivers, babysitters. Everybody's more aware now. Right. Of autism. Not only autism, but uh, kids with uh, ADD and, you know, other other issues like that. Right. So 
hopefully they're getting more readily diagnosed, more help to the to the caregivers than ever before. Well, see, unfortunately, and then I'll, I'll, I want to switch, um, you know, topics, but it, it's kind of like the fibro. You know, with some right. doctors oh, don't yeah. believe that yeah. it really exists. I had to go through that with my doctor well, there's, for a while. There's not only doctors that think that autism is nothing more than a behavioral problem, you mm-hmm. know, bad parenting. You know, teachers out there think the same thing. Think too. the same thing, yeah. And, until it until it hits somebody they know. And then, right. then hopefully they catch on. Maybe not. So... I just wanted to throw that out there real fast. Yeah. So anybody anyway. out there, just go check it out. You can go Google Best Kept Secret Documentary. You can do go that route too. Sounds good. Like I said, um, watch the trailer. The trailer alone is going to make you cry. I promise. It's really good. So, okay, let's get on to something. Else? Yes, let's get on to something a little bit more upbeat. Okay. Um, just because I don't want to, to hit the, the autism thing, you know. No, I didn't want, that's why I said I didn't want to want to go there either, but, you know. And I'm, I think the, uh, I don't know if the mics are picking up Zoe, but she's just laughing away in the background. She's, she's giggling in the background, playing with mommy. Speaking of documentaries, I watched two really good documentaries. Now, I've always been a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, and they kind of had a behind the scenes uh making of each one mm-hmm. and when Lacey found it yesterday she found part 2 so I, in, I watched part 2 first and then um they did a halloween and then they played part 1 so mm. i actually got to watch both parts mm. just out of sequence but it was really good um it's it's interesting because i watch it now now i I'm trying not to touch on this because technically when this comes out, it'll be two days after Halloween. So the Halloween thing will pass. But, yeah. But it's, I haven't seen you, so I need just right, to talk right, about it. Right, right, um, When I first seen Halloween, I was, not Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, I was really young. Um, ni- I was not. <laughs> 19, 1984, so I was seven mm-hmm. years old. Yeah, 84, 7. And uh, I was with my great-grandmother and my cousin. We watched it on HBO. And that's actually the first recollection I have of watching HBO. That and Buckaroo Banzai, but that's a whole other story. Oh, I like Buckaroo Banzai. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, I recall that my grandmother was really concerned about me watching this movie, you know, and my cousin's like, ah, he'll, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. <laughs> so I end up watching the very first Nightmare on Elm Street at seven years old. I was terrified. Yeah, it's pretty scary. It's I pretty scary I did not stuff. want to go to sleep. In fact, I don't think I slept for three days, and finally I was just so tired at school, yeah. I just put my head down and I just collapsed yeah. onto the desk. Yeah. And to the point where they, like, you know, called me. I actually didn't and- watch the, all of them. I watched, like, I think probably the first one, mm-hmm. and then I saw where it was going, you know, and I thought, no, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need that. So I don't think I ever watched any others. I actually have them all in, in the I'm Michigan sure you library. probably do, yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> but I, I was at school, so sleepy, still afraid to go to sleep. Finally went to sleep, and, you know, I remember they calling mom in, and I remember 
uh, you know, asking if there was something wrong at home and, and all this <laughs> stuff, you know. Thought and, you might be abused. Yeah. And, yeah, well, hey. And, and pretty much. That's funny. You know, that's, my, that's funny because I, uh, I was well over seven when that <laughs> movie came out, you know, and it was scary. I admit it. It was, it was scary. Just the premise. Right. Was, of course, scary. And that's, that's the whole thing. If you can come up with a, New premise, you know, you can scare the crap out of people. So from there, I I took that fear and turned it into an interest. There you go. There you go. And I became, I mean, to this day, I still watch, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. But anyway, they they went and they were showing bits and pieces and behind the scenes and stuff like that. And I, I was oh, like. Oh, in the documentary? Yes. And how we made yeah. you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I was like, Really? <laughs> yeah, it just kind of takes some of the fun out of it when you realize, you know, how, how they produced the effect. I mean, okay, for me, my first scary movie that I remember uh-huh. that scared the living crap out of me was one my mother told me not to go see. Oh, what was it? Because you'll have nightmares when you come home. Don't you come crying to me in my bedroom about it, you know, and all this stuff was, um, it came from outer space. That's how old I am. I'm sorry, but it's, uh, you see that today. It's on, uh, Turner Classic all the time, especially this time of year. Right. And the, the special effects, if you want to call them that, and weren't terribly special and they weren't very effective, but, um, were, you know, you saw the monster eventually and he was, kind of, I don't know, sort of looked like a vomit blob that talked, you know, that right, sort right. of thing. And, but the, before you saw him, what you saw was the world looking through his eyes. And so it was the, the special effect that they used for that was very eerie and it was kind of, um, I'm not sure what they did exactly, but it, it, they screwed with the camera so that it was, uh, an odd visual because you were looking through the eyes again of this alien. Uh-huh. You know, and then everywhere he went, he left little glittery sparkles on the sand and places like that, you know, and that was all very eerie. But at the time, it was considered very avant-garde, very, uh, very scary. It was. Well, one of the things. You look at it now and it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> one of the things I remember it frightened me the most about that movie is Freddy Krueger, who is obviously the main antagonist. Right. He's walking down this hallway. And his arms are touching each side of, and he's of the wall. Scratching. Yeah. And clawing. But, yeah. but, you know, each side of, uh, to touch the wall, your arms would have to be twice the length of right. what a normal right. arm span is. Right. But, you know, his weird long arms. Yeah. I remember that always frightened me. But yeah. then last night they actually showed all he did was they, he had two sticks in each hand uh, and they had a glove covering up yeah. each stick and he just took the just, sticks. Just held them out. And I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> and you thought he really had long arms. <laughs> Hold on. At seven years old, I'm not sure what yeah, I was thinking. Well, at seven, you would think that, you know, and that it's like, uh, Ernie said, we, I told you last week, we just watched Gravity with, uh-huh. uh, Sandra Bullock and, um, uh, Clooney, George Clooney. And, um, this week, Bad Grandpa came out. Yes, and I've seen Ernie that. And Ernie said, too. when he saw the trailer for that, he said, that's, that's gonna bump 
uh, gravity out of first place. And I said, yeah, because five-year-olds have more money to spend on movies than 25-year-olds do or 35-year-olds. And they will go to the movies. Trust it, me, those those kids see that trailer and they'll be all over there, folks. I didn't go see Bad Grandpa. I didn't go see Bad Grandpa. And they'll be in the movie. And sure enough, I read the headlines in the paper that took either yesterday one. or today. It bumped Gravity down from number one. And to be not honest with for you, the same kinds of reasons no, at all. No, um, Bad Gravity is made by those Gravity Bad, bad Grandpa. Bad Grandpa. I'm sorry, <laughs> <laughs> combining two movies. Yeah. Um, Bad Grandpa is made by the Jackass guys. Uh huh. I know. And, I um, know. I know. I, I've always been one of those ones that are like, what a fucking idiot. I know. I know. It's kind of like that, uh, uh, what's his face and who's it's where he lost his car. Where did I leave my car movies and, you know, stuff oh, yeah. like that. I mean, they're, yeah, mildly entertaining if you're slightly drunk, possibly, but, you know, I, Stupid people movies have never really done it for me. And uh-huh. I don't even care if they're well done stupid people movies. It's like some of the, as you know, I watch a lot of Turner classic movies right. and, uh, a lot of the old, um, freak scary movies that they're showing right now because of the Halloween thing. A lot of them, I mean, they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel to get some of these movies out. And a lot of them have stupid people in them. You know, the stupid people that, that stand around with their thumbs up their butts going, I wonder what's behind this door. Let me push on it and see if there's anything scary in there. Well, of course I'm fucking scary in there. What do you, hello? You're in a haunted house. What did you expect? You know, so stupid me. Stupid people movies never really kind of ever did it for me. Right. Because you get, I get irritated with them because people don't, theoretically, don't behave that way. You know, unless, unless they're stupid. Right. You know, and there's probably, probably some of our people that are listening going, well, I would. Well, I hate to tell you that means you're stupid. Okay. But, uh, no, I, I, I don't appreciate, uh, humor. I don't. Find that. In dumbness. Yeah, I don't find. Know? Just because you're stupid doesn't mean you're funny. No. You know, to me. And the funny thing is, is that Johnny Knoxville, who's actually the guy who is bad, uh, bad grandpa, he is a good actor. Yeah, well, he probably but, is, but, but you can only do so much with what you're working with if you don't have a decent say, story or but again, lines. It's, it's jackass is pretty much the basis of let's see how bad we can hurt ourselves. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's pretty that's, much the premise of it. And, and, yeah. And that's, can, can you drive your motorcycle into the back end of this car that's stationary? Yeah. And survive? Stupid shit well, like that. you know, it's like mom used to say when I was a kid. If somebody said, let's jump off the Brooklyn Bridge, would ya? Yeah, really? They would. Yo, yeah, fuck, let's go, jump. <sighs> Not me. No, I have a real good imagination. I don't need to do it to find out what it'd be like. No. I kind of get there, you know, already. Kind of so, pretend on it and we're good to go. So I, I don't appreciate stupidity as a point of either humor or fear or, uh, well, okay. A classic example of what I'm talking about is in the movie Arsenic and Old Lace with Cary Grant. Okay. Okay. Uh, now in this movie, he's talking to a, 
a would-be playwright about a, a show he th- a play he thinks is dumb because it's about a stupid guy doing stupid things with a murderer in in the room and so he does describe you know this guy sits down in the chair with his back to uh the area where the the killer could be and he and even when the killer comes up and uh he lets him tie him up and all and he goes through this whole elaborate description of this, you know, dumb, scary movie. Right. And while he's doing it, the same, the very self same thing is happening to him, unbeknownst to him, because there are people in his house who mean him ill. And so they're doing exactly the same thing to him that he's describing being done in this play that he's seen to this playwright. It's really hilarious. It's, it's very well written play. As a matter of fact, a lot of high schools do it. My, uh, what is it called? It's Arsenic and Old Lace. My brother's. Arsenic and Old Lace. Yeah. My brother's, uh, high school, uh, class did it for their drama. They're, you know, annual and how the classes all have, you know, they put on a movie or, I mean, not a movie, but a show, a play or whatever. And he, my brother played, um, uh, the cop that, that is played by, um, Jimmy Gleason in, in the movie. Uh, but it's a great old flick. If you've never seen it, I, we see it all the time. We love that movie. We know it almost verbatim. Um, it's, uh, Raymond Massey portrays a guy who looks like Boris Karloff. Uh-huh. And that's part of the shtick is that this guy looks like Boris Karloff. Uh Peter Laurie's in it. A couple of little old ladies that I can't remember their names, but you would recognize them from old movies. They're real cute little old ladies. Um and I think, but I'm not positive, I think Priscilla Lane is the love interest girl of Cary Grant's in that movie. Okay. And it's it's really good. It was I don't know when it was made. Early 40s, I'll say. You know, between 40 and 48, somewhere around in there. But it's it's hilarious. It's a very of course it's one of Cary Grant's best. Right. And it's it's just a real cute movie and it's it usually shows around this time of year because it does have a, a sort of a fright kind of thing going on about it. They live next he lives next door to a cemetery and you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's, it's a fun movie. If you ever get a chance, it, rent it and look at it. I was going to say, but it, it's on what you say, Turner. Turner Fox? has it on almost all the time. Classic. Every now and then, Turner classic movies. Okay. Um, but if you, you know, you can rent it, you can buy it. It's everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. probably on YouTube. Too, I probably huh? have four or five copies of it myself at home. <laughs> I, seriously, I probably do. I, I know I have at least one. You know, if I right. think of it, I'll bring it to you and then okay. you can watch it and you won't have to rent it. But it's, it's, it's very funny. You have, <clears throat> let me, let me step back one second and okay. say it's funny if you appreciate the kind of humor it brings to the screen. Some people don't. Some people, uh, they're not excited to buy, uh, anything unless there's a car crash in it. The first 10 minutes has the obligatory sex scene and like that. And that's okay. If that's what you want, don't look at this movie. You won't right. like it. No, there's I, no sex in it. I, I can enjoy a movie. There's no car races in right. it. Right. There's no, um, drugs in it. There's no, uh, none of the usual stuff that we see in today's movies. This movie was made 40, 50 years ago. So ooh, longer than that. But anyhow. Right. I was going to say, and I, I'm a person, I can enjoy classic films. Yeah. 
and know, and it, it it's I think brilliantly written. Like myself. With, with Jay, he won't watch black and white films. Yeah, just because yeah. it's black. And just white. because it's black and white. I yeah. don't have a problem with that. Yeah, and some people are like that. You know, Turner was like that. That's why he started uh, colorizing films for a while, which turned out to be a really bad yeah, idea. Yeah, back in the nineties. You know, I mean, colorized films. Don't look good. And no. there's, you know, the most of the black and whites, yes, were shot because that's all they had. But there are some films that are ruined by color. They need the, especially the film noir movies. They need to be in black and white. Right. There's a reason why they call them film noir, you know? And so I, I don't, that's again, my opinion. That, it's funny you bring that up because I also read something in the newspaper, well, online newspaper, um, that they've come up with a way to, with computers, of course, to make it look like it was shot in color. Whatever film, mm. they can actually mm-hmm. make it look. Oh, I'm sure they've developed that, that skill. In fact, uh, we were watching, I don't remember now what movie, an older movie, just the other day, and Ernie says, was that originally in black and white? He says, I don't remember that being in color. But he says, it doesn't look like a usual colorized version. Right. He said, was that really shot in Technicolor or not? And I said, I honestly do not know. I can't remember now. I, you know, my memory doesn't serve all that well anymore, so I don't know. But it's a good point you make because they they have that skill that to technology because the 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 first attempts at colorizing sucked yes i mean if you've ever seen a colorized film you know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> especially greens and reds greens and reds looked like crayon work almost and it's essentially what it was yeah essentially it was so it just didn't work. No. Uh, if you hear that in the background, Lace is actually putting another log put on the a, fireplace. Put another log on the fire. Isn't that a song? I believe so. Yeah, I think Country so. song. Probably done a hell of a lot better than I just did. <laughs> God bless me. Well, you know, it's funny because we sat down and, and you were like, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> uh, well, and you said, oh, we got lots of things. Yeah. And we did. So with that being said, <laughs> I am David K. Montoya. And I am S. Sadie Burbank. And, and you heard what we think and now you know see you next week good night not what we know because we don't know shit what we think (laughs) David K. Montoya and S.A.D. Burbank podcast or S.A.D. Burbank David K. Montoya podcast (laughs) the game plan yeah the uh the show actually makes (laughs) and see I came up with more not what we know because we don't know shit